Well, here we go, people. It's Osiris. And what can I tell you? It's 2 a.m. My mind is racing as normal. So many things to do. So little time. But I always have time for you guys. And that's a lie. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Not specifically lies, but something that that gives way to. And that is trust. So today we will be talking about trust. Now, hopefully, no one will read into this podcast thinking that I'm talking about them, or, but I probably am, or probably not, or I'm just talking. It's something that we all do. Now, I'm from the old school, the true way of doing things, and realizing that, first of all, humans lie about an average of 28 to 30 times a day. Now that might sound like a lot to you. It might almost sound so unbelievable that you're going to turn off the podcast. But you're wrong. And you might turn off the podcast, but you're wrong. Uh, yeah. As, actually, it's on the... That's a very... On the short side. Usually it's more than that. So it's all those little white lies to yourself, to others, to the cat, to the dog, whatever. To mom, to dad, to work. It doesn't matter. Start counting them. You'll see. So, and I'm not a person of which believes uh, anything because I don't believe in anything like that because I don't use the word belief because it has a lie in it and right in the middle of it, actually. So, what I call them is it's my, if I, it's my truths, okay? Now, why is it plural? I shouldn't have to explain to you they, them, he, hers, and she, the mama, bobs. Um, I don't know what two people, well, one person can be two plurals. That doesn't make any sense to me. But you guys can understand that, but you don't understand this. I don't understand. Anyway. Um, lies are okay if they're done to spare people's feelings. Sometimes. I don't mind lying. Most of the time, I, I have to lie a lot, actually. Um, for somebody that doesn't give any fucks, I sure have to lie a lot to save people's feelings. Yeah. I think I'm getting weak in my old age, you know. Before I had a lot harder stance on things. 
anyway, so you have to realize that because they're just, there can be one lie, but there's four truths. And a lot of people will say there's three or there's two or there, there's only one. And you can tell about just what kind of people they are by what their answer is. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good. Um, now, I, I've got some little tidbit of information for you. Truth is situational. Truth is perceptional. Truth is many things. And there's four sides to every truth. True truth, you know. Now, it's my little philosophy of what, you know, no one usually says there's four sides to it, but there is. And here's how I explain them. First, there's the true truth, that heart of hearts, that's the what really happened no matter what, like, you can deny it all you want, but in your heart of hearts, you know what happened, and that's what it happened, okay? That's the true truth. Then there's levels or degrees of lesser truths. For example, you're in a relationship, in like 75% of relationships, you break up. Now, Sometimes both of the people that were party to this relationship will tell everybody else, their friends, whatever. It was a mutual breakup. <laughs> I don't think there's been a mutual breakup in the history of the human race. I'm kidding, there probably has, but no, no, no. That means you probably lost. That's usually how that works. But, so there's your your first, second one. That lie of, it was mutual. You're both telling the same story or the same lie. But you're trying not to get caught, so you're saying the same thing. Where it doesn't implicate anybody in a negative manner. So you both can say it, you both get away with it, and everything's hunky-dory, right? Okay. Then you have the third one, which is... Which is what it is that you decide to tell each other, or tell, tell other people. Um, sometimes it can be the same as the second. Okay, so you have the true truth is true. Okay, then you have uh, what you decide you're going to tell others. So you, you know, you get together with your ex and you tell them what you're going to say. What you're going to say, what you're going to say when they ask what's happened. Very rarely does that happen that they you talk about it like that out in the open. But a lot of times it happens is in the third one, which I just talked about here. I just, sometimes you have the, the, 
what you both are going to say, but that's an individual thing. You didn't talk about it beforehand. You just both say it. And then you have the fourth and final one, which is the true truth, the real truth. Okay, so it's those four sides of the truth. Okay, you have the true truth, you have his side, her side, what they decided they were going to say together. And did I miss one? I don't think so. It was there all there. You know what I mean? So that is the truth. <laughs> That's usually a lie. So anybody that starts off a sentence with it, I'm not going to lie to you. They're most likely lying to you. Now, I have the unique opportunity when I was some years younger, when I went into the military, and I did some psyops training, and some interrogation. Um, I wasn't on the physical side of the interrogation. I was on the mental side. Okay, so we were the ones messing with your heads, trying to get information out of you. So, during this, uh, I picked up this very, very great, and it's, it's a curse and a blessed. Um, I only know 11 of these ticks, if you will, or these 11 of these involuntary movements or something that the human body does involuntarily when it lies okay so you know if you're making it up you're looking at you know some people are going to say down into the left or up into the right your eyes move you have your your heart rate starts you've watched the carotid artery and watch that uh, their heart pressure, blood pressure starts to rise. You can look in their eyes and the dilation of it. You can, I won't go into all of them, but they, yeah. They're, it's very easy to be able to tell when somebody is lying. If you choose to care, um, choose to know, and then choose to take the time to find out. Okay. Which is something that I enjoy to do. Um, uh, quite a bit because the truth hurts more than any lie and any lie you can make up the most exaggerant lie and that's what they're going to believe no matter what almost seems you tell them the truth there's no way they're going to buy it you know you tell them I don't know you tell them that they're eating a banana incorrectly and they can't believe that no way it can't no way are humans the only ones that eat bananas wrong mm -mm. but you're gonna believe that and be okay with some man up in the sky that tells you what to do but's really bad with money but needs a lot of it and you never see him and he tells you about every single second on your planet of this life that you have here and then after that too so you have no yeah, I mean, if you can believe that, then you're in the wrong class here. 
You're supposed to be an organized religion. This is a cult, an anti-cult, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so that's what uh, got lies going. So, um, and there's a lot of psychology behind lies. And so, like I said, 11 of those things. And uh, I think the hardest thing that I have to do with guys, it doesn't matter to me. I'll, it depends on how I feel. But with females, especially the ones that I decide to date, um, yeah, I have to make a decision uh, upon meeting a female that within the first almost five minutes, I have to make a decision if this is a possibility to go somewhere. And if it is, do I want to know when they're lying? Because I have to make a conscious effort to not do it because I volunteer, like involuntarily almost do it all the time. So I have to really think about not doing it because it is one of those things that you once done once done you can't unsee it it's like a cat's dick once you see it you understand why you didn't want to have you haven't seen it your entire life because it's a goddamn rape tool and it's scary but you know why the hell are you looking at a cat dick because i told you so right so I have to make that decision because once decision made, then there's no going back. There's no taking it back. I've got you for the rest of your natural born lives. And sometimes that's not what I want. Okay. Sometimes I'm okay. I don't mind. I don't want to know when she is lying. Okay. Let her lie. <laughs> I don't care. Um, maybe it's needed, I don't know. But for me, when I make that decision of, okay, I'm going to baseline them, and I didn't see free base people. Uh, baselining is uh, when you get a base uh, of, Basically, I, I can get a baseline of um, within three questions. Actually, I'm very good. Um, within three questions, I can be able to tell if you're lying or not. I can choose not to do that. Within those three questions, I can also ask all three of them to be the truth and then I can still tell when you're lying <laughs> you see how that works well how do you know when I'm lying it's not specifically when you're lying it's not when you're not telling the truth I know what you look like when you tell the truth I don't know what you look like when you lie but it's not going to be the same so once it changes and I got it the way it works, you know. So, 
we'll talk more about the human existence of trust instead of lie. Lie gets off on these all like crazy, like heated discussions about stupidity and favors, favorites and whatnot. So we're going to start pretty much as the base. Okay. Just like I just said, I was telling you in my, my training and what I, how I use it. I have a base, base questions. I have three it's a pattern people. Okay. But trust is the basis. Well, it's the base layer. Okay. So it's the base layer of all human relationships. And when I say human relationships, I don't just mean sexual ones or family ones or whatever. It's all relationships, okay? And why this is, is because it's a perfect example. If I'm dating someone and they tell me a lie in the beginning of our relationship, it's understandable usually to me. Um, but it's a, a talk I always have with people or them specifically that try to tell me the truth as much as possible, not because I want you to, to know everything. I just build everything off of what you say. And if you said uh, it was a lie and that's the basis of our relationship, that's how we met or this, you know, that story, whatever. And then that's a lie. It's eventually going to come out and comes crumbling down all the way down to that lie because that's how it happens. Depending on where the lie is in the relationship static, like how many years it's been or like how many hours or minutes or seconds. That is how far it's gone, and that's how deep it will be, and that's how tumbled, how far down it will have to come, the whole relationship, because it's coming down, and it's going to come in a fucking, yeah, it's going to be raining cats and dogs and stepping in poodles everywhere, I tell you. Yeah. So the longer it goes on, the higher it gets, the higher it gets, the more powerful. And then the destruction is so much more as it goes on. Now, like I said, if I didn't, um, without trust itself, I, there can be no exchange. I, I guess value in exchange. No community, no intimacy, no, no nothing, no, no relationship at all stuff. Now, if I don't trust my girlfriend, then her affection will feel empty, lifeless. If I don't trust my business partner, then it doesn't matter how much uh, work we do, we won't feel useful. 
if you don't trust your partner to negotiate or your neighbors or society, if you don't trust them, then all I see really is no reason to go out and engage anybody. <coughs> it's anywhere in the world, actually. And that's how I live my life, people. I know y'all lie. I, I know, I know. Maybe I too, but I don't fucking have qualms about it. I know it, I say it, and it's okay, usually. Sometimes, but, you know. Now, trust is kind of like the prerequisite to building anything at all in that's good, meaningful, And that's where the problem lies within people. The human race itself. The problem with you humans is you do a lot of this. You do a lot of this shit. It really, and it makes, makes you very untrustworthy. That's why nobody in your society trusts anybody else. Especially the ones from their same culture. Our, your natural disposition as humans is to be short-term. Um, short-term selfish actors, maybe. <laughs> Just putting on a show. And my research, as in many others before me and after me, I'm sure, will tell you that most people will lie if given the chance. If they don't think they're going to get caught, they will lie before they will tell the truth. It's crazy, right? And again, I said, if they think they can get away with it. They would steal the same way if you put them in that position. And they think they can get away with it, they will do it. And that's what allows that duality or that antisocial behavior where it's us, it's more. You know, it's more about uh, that kind of us against them temp mentality. Yeah. And that whole us and them, is, you know, it's always us or them. You separate yourselves, make yourselves that, and then try to be the better one. But 
I like I have to say that they fall prey to it um, that us versus them kind of mentality and thinking which then you guys use to justify the lying or the lie the cheating or the stealing and sadly humans aren't really good at the whole trustworthy kind of behavior thing and when they are I mean every once in a while you'll find out and see that they are but it's usually amongst close family and friends uh, definitely not with complete strangers it seems like they lie right away just complete strangers for some reason so even if everything's good and dandy and that a boy let's go don't be hard on the beaver claire um even if everything is perfect it's still they're disposed to being untrustworthy most of the individuals are like that and um, I guess most of you are wondering well Osiris you know is this like negative day you're just going to come in and talk about <laughs> want me to distrust my girlfriend and make me paranoid and that uh, no but that's a lie <laughs> anyway um but you think you're like oh, always talking negatively but you know what i always have a solution too okay I always have a solution. You might not like it, but it's a solution. And I'll tell you what, solution is, I'm not going to tell you. Because <laughs> it's probably a lie. Anyway. But you humans have come up with a solution, it seems. And throughout human history, you, you, the humans have solved this by building what we call institutions. Institutions, they are groups of disinterests or disinterested third parties that create mm, incentives for two strangers to trust each other and we what you guys did is basically invented 
the legal system so that you would have a strong incentive to not steal from someone, take somebody else's shit. And then you invented money. And you never know if they're going to steal that because everybody seems to want to steal that. Then you invented uh, regulatory and insurance agencies. Yep. And that was the same as the pensions and the health inspectors and, I don't know, editorial boards, oversight committees. All in the name of building this or solidifying the trust in one another. Maybe the trust in interest, <laughs> you know. These institutions allow masses, literally and figuratively masses, of people from all over the world. Okay everywhere to be able to trust each other at least enough to work together and the results have been nothing short of incredible comparatively speaking I mean, you're listening to this podcast right now on technology that was created by an institution, a company whose interest is to guarantee you are able to assimilate as seamlessly as possible to whatever it is that you need or the whatever the communication through serves and the wires that built it they're all by institutions Ma Bell or whatever regulated by other institutions to make sure that data is being shared fairly and effectively and make sure the content of this, let's say this podcast, is at the mercy of a dozen of uh, these institutions, be it from the technology that I'm using to the, you name it, <clears throat> and that's around the world, it's the same. It, it doesn't incite violence itself. Violence 
violates copyright laws. <laughs> because when you defame innocent people or start a civil war or the fact that you're even listening to this in the first place is like It had to be validated by a couple different institutions, especially Spotify. Thank you, Spotify. Now, if we go into the reading aspect of things, just for an example, I know you new millennials don't know what that reading is, but or you don't know what these names are that I'm about to say. The New York Times or Harper and Collins. The simple act of you sitting here and listening to me over the airwaves on your iPods or iPads or phones, as it says in the analytics that most of you listen on your phones and on mail. And this is a result of tens of thousands of anonymous individuals from all over the world working together trusting each other to create the innate ability for you to hear this podcast my thoughts as though as if I am sitting next to you near wherever you are I'm sitting there rambling on about what happened at the bus stop. And this is what the only, like, there's thousands of these comparable uh, ramblings. Now, when viewed from that perspective or civilization, mm, a civilization's a perception, it's actually a goddamn miracle. When viewed from that specific perspective, civilization itself is the goddamn miracle. Now, trust makes good things happen. And that's a kind of rough statement when you think about it. It, at the same time, can make good things happen, but not bad things. But that's not even true because you can get in trouble for those. 
are institutions that you your institutions that you have built to help promote and protect trust like banks and you name it taxi drivers and uber drivers And the problem is these trust-building institutions that are, well, human, if you will. And humans are not really trustworthy whatsoever. As a result of this, throughout history, institutions and regulatory committees and they've become corrupted and basically they are have been they revert to typical certain kinds of lies at this point various different forms of lying cheating Stealing, all to benefit themselves. And that's at the expense of everybody else except them. So you can see the selfishness in it. And when these institutions are not too big, you know, as they say, too big to fail, The consequences are dire. That's why they don't want them to fail. Not only does the population itself lose trust in an institution that they thought was great, but whatever incentives the institution had placed to prevent bad acting or actor to fall apart so that's some really evil stuff but it's how things go you all say and bitch about corporations dodging billions of dollars of taxes and I think to myself fuck it why would I have to pay taxes also? That's why I don't, <laughs> actually. I found a way around it. Or, you know, I, that's why I, how I do things. But then they might see... Uh, Bankers receiving handouts like we saw a little while ago. Um, and getting fat bonuses despite losing everybody else's money. It wasn't their money, it was everybody else's money. So they figure, fuck it, I deserve a handout too. <laughs> See how that goes? Or they see the police roughing up, I don't know, a black person or a female or whatever, somebody. 
and there's no good reason. So in the immortal words of, I guess, Ice Cube, fuck the police. <laughs> if trust builds a civilization, a lack of trust unravels it, destroys it, right? So, so above shall be below. Opposites attract, well, there we are. And here is, that's right, I'm going to talk about cryptocurrency. It's for you, Jeff, for you, Rudy Tony. But not really. I just thought of that. This is where cryptocurrencies make their unlikely appearance. What do you think? By any means. By any stretch of the imagination. The, the timing on the cryptocurrency was as such it was. I think not. Don't forget, people. Everything is under control. Now, it feels a little strange discussing crypto on my podcast about trust because on the surface crypto is maybe the least trustworthy thing on the planet itself altogether right now Crypto has become a bit of a obsession of a lot of people. Um, mine included in a different way, though. And I've secretly been doing the studies. Well, I knew about a lot of it all beforehand, before most of it. And... What I mean by that is we knew that the money was going to go digital many, many, many years back. We knew that this and the handwriting had to be taken out at the same time. And we knew that there was going to be some in-between time before we put the money inside the computer. And something had to be left out there doing it. So mm -hmm. Now, because I think I'm going to get get rich and, or destroy the U.S. government or something, but because crypto lies... at the intersection, if you will, of the most fundamental social questions, questions that it's almost impossible to find a level-headed discussion 
of crypto anywhere on the internet. There could be supporters or non-supporters, but they sound like a religious cult heralding I don't know, he's coming, second coming of Christ or something. Critics, on the other hand, are in hysterics over exaggerated claims that they've heard involving the environment, black markets, inequality, and, of course, you have that usual hate that every new technology is met with. It attracts the, it's a scam people. People that don't understand it instantly say it's a scam. It's what I call the, the scam people. Um, <laughs> it's a fad and no one will use it in 10 years there's those kind of people and the exact same criticism was leveled and put on the internet when it came out when computers came out same thing. Television, I'm sure the same thing in the 50s. Telephones in the 19th century. And I could go on and on and on about it. But people see crypto and interpret it based on what they already, now listen to this, what they already believe to be true, what their worldview is on it, rather than approaching it as something they know nothing about and that could potentially change what is true about the world that they're living in itself soon. Now, crypto is so polarizing and messy because it is in an attempt to innoviate and the most foundational aspect of human civilization's trust that's trust and because trust is so fundamentally
a lie, basically. It's fundamentally everything that we do. That makes crypto... both insanely exciting and insanely scary. And that's what people are like in the living on the wild side. Wild side. Um, but fundamentally, the technology under, under it the blockchain, all of that. It's an attempt to build a computational network that through, I don't know, clever uses of cryptography, something I know a little bit about, and decentralization is immutable, i.e. it can never be hacked, can never be corrupted, can never be lost. Poof. So, that sounds technical and highly abstract, if you ask me, so I would say. But the implication, implications are incredible if you take some time to think about it. Now, I'll give you a, a real-world example here. Today... If you need a loan, you go into a bank, you sit with the loan officer, you talk to them, maybe hand them your credit report, your proof of employment, your tax returns for the last three years. A utility bill or two or three. And then something else to prove that it's all true. And that everything that you say about yourself is true. Or they're going to compare what you give them to what is they see to see if you're untrustworthy. Now, this individual, this loan banker, is essentially verifying your trustworthiness on behalf of the institution of which he works for. And to do so, 
she relies on dozens of other institutions which will have to verify or vouch for you so they have to verify your trustworthiness if you will and then they're mostly because you've proven yourself trustworthy through other institutions such as school employment lack of debt <laughs> etc but these bankers they're uh, well as the report will say they collect from the credit agencies the oversight committees the landlords the employers etc etc these are all just middlemen in this game. And this game is trust. They are there to verify that you're not a bad acting actor. And that there are millions of people in the entire world whose entire jobs are to simply do this verify the untrustworthiness of somebody. These entail insurance companies, banks, legal firms, universities, legal agencies, governments, municipalities, you name it. I could go on and on and on. They all have these massive office buildings. And they're filled with nothing but people doing this trustworthy verification thing. All day, every day they do it. That's their job. And they do this because we have no other better way to do it. <laughs> it's kind of scary. And because they're, they use these groups of thousands of people and that process is corruptible people. Why? Because it's human. Take, for example, Uber. The way that Uber automatic or automates or got rid of, if I have to say it bluntly, almost put out of business, just about did, the taxis. That same way, crypto will automate away 
millions of these verifiers of trust worthiness. Maybe you were thinking it was a good thing or an amazing thing. Well, yeah, that sounds like a good start. Maybe you're on the other hand that thinks it's a horrible thing that this just would be running amok and insane people would be running the asylum type. Either way, whatever one you are, you can say that it's a horrible thing and you can't deny that. And it's a really big fucking thing. You can't deny that. You can shake your fist and make Please about job security and income inequality or whatever. But at the end of the day, you and I and everyone else will love it and use it for the same reasons that we love our lives or we love to make our lives. a hundred times easier but we don't we you guys make it a hundred times harder for some reason because the current customer experience of dealing with humans are human-led institutions to constantly verify your trustworthiness. It is a never-ending nightmarical pattern that will continue to happen until you die. Because these institutions are constantly trying to verify your trustworthiness. It's never ending. And Getting that loan that you wanted from that institution requires weeks of phone calls, hundreds of pieces of paper, all containing very, very personal shit. Very, very personal sensitive information. And that is why I trust crypto 
is inevitably inevitable, but messy. And what we need to do, what you need to do, to rebuild, rebuild, rebuild the entire world's network of institutions from the ground up. Tear it down. You're probably going to have to make all this fucking same mistakes as institutions. And they will be mad. And they will be made over civilizations. 5,000 year history to get their venture capitalists often say that cap the crypto is like a speed running start and i said a speed yes i said speed speed running startups i say it's more than that It's speed-running institutional history is what it is. The crypto is a market testing hundreds of different types of governance and different governance models, models, the security, the protection, the capitalization, allocation, of wealth and the redistribution of that wealth and the brands. What happened in a hundred years in the real world happens in a couple of months in the crypto world. And eventually it will catch up just like the housing boom and all those other bubbles caught up. The governance systems will be a little better, faster, more reliable, more secure, and more censorship people. And I guess that's really all I have to say about that. And um, until next time, don't go no trust in no one if they haven't verified your trustworthiness or you won't get anything. This is Osiris. Trust me. I'll be back next week.